The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome. You have entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simron. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simron. We are light, sound, and color here to express ourselves. This is the way that the universe, the divine, the lover and beloved exists within us and expresses in, as, and through us. Light is how we shine. It is the embodiment of the divine through us in the way that we are able to allow that shine to glow and touch other people, to radiate outward. Sound is the way that we express, and the most beautiful ways that it comes through is poetry and song. This is true sound. This is true word. And color is the expression that we give it. My guest today is Lyric Benson Ferguson, and she emerged from almost a decade of meditation and the study of enlightenment with a fire in her heart and a quiver of over 2,000 poems by her side. Lyric is a spiritual teacher and activist who lovingly takes God off the pedestal and brings him or her into everyday living. She pushes the envelope of how God is traditionally spoken of and hopes to spread the message of peace, love, and divine realization in this transformational book entitled French Kissing God, A Journey to Enlightenment. What she wants you to know is that you have the potential to make life an epic journey, one that is worthy of the gift that is your heart. Each moment, each breath, this is your enlightenment. It is the freedom we all crave so deep within us that our hearts salivate for it. Lyric urges you to find the humble, enlightened teachers, practice meditation, and experience the power of yourself. She asks you to be barefoot with God in nature, live in natural environments and eat fresh foods high in prana or life force, to ground and root your body to Mother Earth, the light of this glorious planet, which will infuse your body with her heavenly awakening vibrations. She asks you to speak your truth with astounding clarity, to be courageous, live from the heart, stay rested, and do what brings you bliss. You are the highest self, being reverberating beyond all the layers of complications that bind us. If you have the intention to live this way, nature will guide you. Miracles will show you your way. We are talking today about her book, French Kissing God, A Journey to Enlightenment, and she is also the creator of Love Light Revolution, a beautiful CD of music. I'd like to start off today's show reading one of her first poems from the book, French Kissing God, and it's entitled God's French Kiss. Last night, God offered me a kiss. Of course, I accepted. I could never deny such a handsome being as he. Side effects? I began experiencing uncontrollable affection for every creature I could see. Then, I was warned by some flirtatious angelic onlookers that sudden and or gradual death of the ego is expected. Lack of verbal communication with others, reclusive behavior, 
fits of uncontrollable laughter, excruciating bliss and possible mental confusion might occur as my life crumbles like pebbles from a disintegrating mountain to my feet. Hmm. They never mention this in the storybooks. All in all, those amorous heavenly beings were right. It was an intense night, let me tell you. But by morning, I found the sun kissing my toes, requesting me to stir, wiping the sleep from my eyes, feeling quite transformed. I regained awareness and realized that God was standing by my bedside, asking me to use my newly revised tongue to speak, to enlighten this earth with the playful words of my own cosmic sunshine. Hmm, quite a task, especially for one little being sitting up in bed, slightly disoriented, and recovering from God's crazy kiss. Honestly, I almost declined. But then, I began to feel something flopping dramatically around in my mouth, and I realized my tongue has become quite powerful. Wow, I exclaimed. What an honor to birth my love into this world through words. Yes, he said. For you have consumed God's cosmic breath, and all of life is born from here. Well, I thought, it's a good thing you brush your teeth often. Then with a smile, God remarked, would you like another French kiss? How could I decline such an offer? This is from French Kissing God, A Journey to Enlightenment, and the author is Lyric Benson Ferguson, who I would love to welcome once again to 1111 Talk Radio. Welcome back, Lyric. Thank you so much. It's such a joy to, to be back again. It's great to have you. And I think that this book that is filled with such wonderful poetry is going to be fodder for some interesting conversations as we move forward. And the first conversation, the first question that I want to ask you, because oftentimes people contemplate this so much in their own lives, is what is God? Well, I think that's a very beautiful question, and I think that's a very, it's a very personal answer, um, and each person has a, a very unique explanation. But for me, you know, I spent, as you said, almost a decade um, in in silence, and that experience of God or the divine became remarkably personal to me and um, very intimate. And so for me, God is all things. God is the silence beyond creation and every drop in this unfathomable creation that we see, the manifest world, the universes, um, that which we cannot even imagine, <laughs> um, multidimensional creation, etc. It's, you know, the divine is that full spectrum. And it's, it's, I think, one thing that became very clear to me after several years is that God is not only the, the um, happy bliss, but it's also, you know, the bliss that permeates every single emotion in our life. It's, it's that which is painful at times. It's that which is evolutionary. It's that which challenges us. And also all of the, the rewards that we receive, the happiness, the joy, the, the peace. It, it's all of those things wrapped, wrapped into one giant creation. And for me, that, that is God. God is all things. Well, I think that that's why I love 
the poetry, the book, um, and, and so much of what you do and create is because you really do, like myself, get that it is the bridging of our humanity and our divinity that is the true essence of God, and it's the embrace of all of those things. And throughout the book, you have various poems that relate to one or the other side, showing the importance of those many emotions. So when we talk about that, oftentimes people have difficulty relating some of the denser emotions or experiences to even being close to God or even holy. Talk a little bit about how you discovered some of your deepest, darkest moments to be probably some of the most enlightening. Well, you know, during different times in my life, you know, I've had some challenges. I had, you know, very intense health challenges at certain points. I had, um, you know, I saw a dear friend of mine that was murdered in front of me. I had, you know, some very challenging things. And so I have experienced, as all human beings on this planet, a huge range of emotions. And for many years, I think most on a spiritual journey, they try to compartmentalize emotions and they only want to feel that, you know, the happiness is is God. And then all of these other things are just the dirt that we need to get rid of. And so there's kind of this pushing away. And what I learned, and I had amazing teachers, one of which is an um, energy healer named Matthew Reichschlager and and Carol Maceo Hardin. They're amazing. And and what they often reminded me was, you know, these other emotions that come up, anger, fear, sadness, grief, pain, these things, if they're coming up, they're inside of, of us. And so what do we do? We feel them and we acknowledge them and we behave as the divine, that loving mother who acknowledges and loves and holds and caresses and feels deeply into all of these emotions. This, this human incarnation is a massive spectrum, and it's just so important to acknowledge and experience it. It's not that we get angry and then we go and we take it out on everyone and have road rage, but it's just that thing, wow, I feel anger in me, you know, and I feel it okay, what what can this teach me? Why am I feeling upset? And a lot of times, those emotions are great teachers, and they teach us, oh, maybe there's something in the life that needs some adjustment. You know, this is, this is not quite right here, and this is why I'm feeling angry. And then we take steps to change it, because obviously, anger is not something you'd like to feel on a constant basis, but if it's there, then, then it's, it's so important to acknowledge. When we experience these emotions and the, the, the full range and polarity from bliss all the way to those of anger, jealousy, rage, sadness, and grief, they're really to be brought to a place of oneness, a place of union and communion and integration within ourselves. And in reading through the poetry of French Kissing God, so much of that is reaching that point of, of meeting that um, I, I know in my own book, Your Journey to Love, it is very much what you're talking about more from um, the integrated experience of going through the process and really discovering how to bring lover to beloved. So as you move through this and this poetry started coming out of you, you had reached a place where you were willing to embrace those emotions to such a degree that 
you could see God within yourself, and oftentimes that's a challenging place for many people. How did you get to the place where you could really recognize each and every moment of your life, each and every emotion, each and every experience as being as holy as the other? Well, for me, you know, it took many years of deep meditation and practice, and um you know, I practice transcendental meditation, and I, I, as I said, I work with these healers. And so my whole life for many, many years was just devoted to, you know, um, that stripping away of, of that which is no longer serving me. And so in that process, you know, it's like how I, in, in French Kissing God, that poem you read, you know, it talks about the life crumbling like pebbles to to your feet, and that's what it was. It was all that I was growing up basically disintegrated before me, and it was just that kind of allowance, that letting go, okay, taking these deep breaths of, okay, this is, this is all going to kind of fall out. And then in that deep surrender, I think that's really where it, where it all came, and I don't think anyone has to live as a monk in order to have that level of surrender. It just, that's my path that I took. <laughs> but I think that that's all it is, just this surrender. And then the bliss begins to permeate every emotion. The, it's like the light of God permeates every point in creation. And so when you begin to experience that, it's a very tangible experience, experience and recognize that, then there's no there's no kind of fear of negativity or anything because it's, it's all ultimately God. It's all positivity in the end. <laughs> I know that sounds strange, um, but it, it's, yeah. And so I think it was just many years of getting my butt kicked by the divine <laughs> that kind of helped me to recognize every single thing, you know, even the most ho- horrific things that I could imagine that took place in my life as, as divinity, as a teacher. Mm. Let me share another one of Lyric's beautiful poems. It's entitled, Wipes Clean. Break me. Break me into a million pieces. Break me until I am dust. Break me until I am soot. Until I am nothing, moving below love's dancing feet. I feel your toes. Up down, left, right. It is the gripping that keeps life from moving. Like nails on a chalkboard, the ego screams when I ask for the slate to be wiped clean. And that's really a lot of what has to take place in our journey from human to divinity is it is that constant shedding of the ego. It's the constant doing away with identity and realizing that all that we believe ourselves to be is really not who we are, that we are that and so much more. And so when, we're, when you're talking about you know, being wiped clean and really letting all of each of these places to, to be moved away, it, it is often really difficult in, to want to wanna let go. So often we want to hang on with such a tight grip to everything that we know to be true, but we are in a time right now where so many people are being asked to let go of things or let go of what they believe life to be or how society operates because we're in such changing paradigms. Talk a little bit about that place of surrender and letting go and how 
it is a beautiful part of the path towards self-realization and enlightenment. Yeah, for me, I, that's so beautiful that you actually read that poem because that's the one I was just thinking of when I gave my last explanation. So, <laughs> so that's good, good timing. Um, for me, you know, I think that's, okay, when I was 19, you know, I grew up in Los Angeles. I had a very normal upbringing um, and, you know, I was not into spirituality. My my body, my thinking, my understanding of the world was very material. It was concrete. And then these certain things happened in my life where I was like, I know I need a change. I need to be metabolizing life differently. And that was my first moment where I ever prayed and I asked, you know, I asked God for a change. And really, that's all it is. It's just, it's just an asking for change. And, you know, a lot of us, and I think all of us, we can get stuck in patterns and ways of thinking and being quote unquote right in thinking we understand. And I think the best, the best evolutionary tool is the realization that we just don't know and that we're open at every moment to greater knowingness and a greater perception of truth and that it might look very, very different than yesterday's perception of truth. And we're okay with that. It's, it's going from being, you know, how I think of myself, I went from being a rock, which you have to chisel away at, to being water and then to being more like air. You know, you just become so fluid and there's not this attachment or gripping to how you are, how things should look, what you want, because in theory, we can have desires, but then the best thing is allowing those desires to move through us and evolve and change and just let life be a a beautiful dance, like making love rather than a, a very rigid kind of experience. And I think that, that that is the the wiping, the constant wiping that, that allows us to, to evolve on our journey. French Kissing God, A Journey to Enlightenment, is a wildly fun poetry book for lovers of spirituality, God, being, or whatever you choose to call all denominational divinity. Each page takes you on Lyric Benson Ferguson's journey towards enlightenment. From the beginning days when she was living as a celibate monk, seeking God to experiences of unimaginable divine union and bliss. This beautiful collection offers inspiration and insights, gives guidance, and provides encouragement for spiritual seekers. No matter their religious or spiritual tradition, anyone who picks up this book will find it eye-opening, heartening, humorous, and boundary-breaking. Lyric Benson Ferguson emerged from almost a decade of meditation and the study of enlightenment with a fire in her heart and over 2,000 poems by her side. You can find out more about Lyric at FrenchKissingGod.com. We'll be right back to speak with Lyric about more of her poems. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444, 
people all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, 1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly online publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. Engage with experts and topics of consciousness. Become enlightened, empowered, and energized. So you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, expanding the heart, and experiencing greater aliveness. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Why spiritual spelunking? Why tending to our inner garden? Why devoting time to inner being when so much external doing calls upon us? An Indian sage put it wisely, your own self-realization is the greatest service you can render the world. Join host Jeel Asselin as he serves as both guide and companion on the journey within. Nurturing the spiritual spelunker in all of us can be heard every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at IamSimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. Lyric uh, understands that no soul is born on this earth fully enlightened. All the beloved spiritual giants, such as Ram, Jesus, Buddha, Moses, and Muhammad, went through powerful transformation before reaching the ultimate liberation. Saints, bodhisattvas, and prophets are people too. Once we realize this, we can glimpse the paramount potential of our own human life and begin stepping up to the task. By listening to her heart, Lyric found clarity and life's greater purpose. She shared glimpses of her journey with you in the pages of her new book, French Kissing God. And there's so much more to come as you read through these poems and go through your own enlightenment. If you feel lost on your path or need inspiration on the journey, Lyric's hope is that you can pick up her book as a reminder of the power that dwells within. Because God is already within you, you are already God. The bliss of your silence is beyond words. God's cosmic joke is that enlightenment isn't really the journey anyway. Life is the journey. Enlightenment is one glorious step on the road of this incarnation. It's the step right before the next step, and the next, and the next. We are each here to walk this earth as unconditional love, acceptance, compassion, ineffable courage, and bliss, which is the essence of humanity's true nature. Never sell yourself short. You are God in human form. This is from Lyric Benson Ferguson's book, French Kissing God, A Journey to Enlightenment. And right now I want to share with you one of her poems entitled, In the Valley of My Soul. In the valley of my soul, in the darkness of the night. I align that which is pure light. And in this bliss I do exist, becoming whole deep within my soul. The angels come to me and begin to set me free. I am not afraid, 
I'm part of a celestial parade. Brilliant oranges and reds, and the sun begins to spread. I'm suddenly embraced by the beauty of her grace. Free from all control, and that's what makes me whole. In the valley of my soul, in the darkness of the night, I become that which is pure light. And in this bliss I do exist, becoming whole, deep within my soul. In the valley of my soul, in the darkness of the night, I am that which is pure light. In this bliss I do exist, becoming whole, deep within my soul. The angels come to me and begin to set me free. I'm not afraid. I'm part of a celestial parade. Brilliant oranges and reds, and the sun begins to spread. I'm suddenly embraced by the beauty of her grace, free from all control, and that makes me whole. That's beautiful lyric. So many of your poems could also be meditations if an an individual wanted to read through and kind of meditate on that during the day because it opens up something deeper in contemplation and inquiry. And I often believe that what we really are here to do is not necessarily find the answers, but stay in the inquiry and the contemplation. Speak a little bit to how your ongoing state of wonder or willingness to be in wonder is what led to more and more deepening of your connection to God. Well, that's a beautiful question. And I think that, you know, the more and more that I continued on my my journey, I became more childlike. And just that innocence and that childlike wonder that just infuses my everyday, you know, it makes going to the grocery store extremely entertaining (laughs) and like a spiritual path on its own. And I think that, you know, the more and more that our our, um, way of perceiving this world becomes clear and the stress begins to dissolve, we begin to experience the magic of this, this earth. It's magical every moment, even this, the oddness of, um, you know, human society right now. It's all very fascinating and, and magical and full of wonder. And so I think that as the journey continued and that wonder grows, it becomes kind of the bonfire that, you know, keeps keeps you warm and keeps it going. <laughs> so that's a beautiful question and and hopefully an okay answer to that beautiful question. <laughs> it, it really is quite profound because I think we are taught from the time we are young to grow up that we, and we start, we start buying into this idea that it's all about becoming an adult and responsible and growing up and seeing things from that lens of perception. But truly, we are here to grow young. It is in the childlike wonder and being willing to stay in those places of imagination and creativity and innocence that you speak of that really bring about true peace and unconditional love and the remembrance of the divine. And so, as you moved from that place of so much that was of the quote-unquote adult world, whether it was dealing with health issues that you had or others had or dealing with the chaos that life was presenting you uh, when you were in your um, late teens and early 20s or 
or seeing a friend be murdered in front of you and all those things that are so tragic and so hard and so adult-like, to move to that place where you're willing to say there's something else and I can be a child, what helps you ground into that childlike place each and every day? What keeps you remembering that that's the lens of perception that you're here to look through? I think it's joy, to be honest. (laughs) It's just need for joy in life. And it's so much more joyful to be present and everything be new every day. It's like being born fresh every every day, every moment. And the mon- nothing is mundane. The mundane becomes, as I said, magical. And and you know, I think that for me, um, it's just an anchoring in my heart that just happened spontaneously over many years. It's also um, the connection I feel with the earth, which keeps me grounded in my body and not, you know, floating in the cosmos. <laughs> um, because, um, you know, having the multidimensional perception, um, which I have been lucky enough to have cultivated, um, I feel that it's most important to perceive from a level of oneness and wholeness. And so, a lot of times life can just look so so beautiful where you thought a few years ago it was, you know, such a pain in, in the ass, excuse me, to, you know, go get your tires changed or something like that. And then suddenly now it's an excuse to go get your tires changed and do something exciting and talk to the people and see if you can make them laugh. And I don't know, it's just a different it's a different way of living. Um, and it's not that I find myself lacking in responsibility. I'm actually quite responsible. I am an upstanding citizen and pay my bills and do all that kind of thing. Um, and take care of my family. But at the same time, it's how I do it. It's like in a, in a lightness, in a sense of lightness, um, which I'm very, very grateful for. I want to uh, talk also about your use of pronouns throughout the book because so often our conditioning, depending on where we were raised or what culture, we view God in a certain way. We've either personified it or we've given it a gender or we've we've just made up our mind that it's outside of us or or even if we somewhat believe it's inside of us, we still put it outside of us. So you use the pronouns of of I, he, she, throughout the book when you're referencing the divine. Just give your, your philosophy or your, um, or help to soften a bit um, any perceptions that an individual might have if they're not used to looking at God in those various senses. Of course. So basically what happened was is that God became a very clear experience uh, for me. And and that divine, when I say God, I mean wholeness, being, the self, big S. And like you said, I use he, she, it, I, big me, you know, capital M, me, um, throughout my book. And I do this because this is how God revealed himself, herself, itself to me. Um, You know, sometimes this divinity was so silent beyond any form, just the 
you know, creation before the, the created, you know, deep, deep silence. It's the most blissful experience ever. And then, then that, that silence begins to like warm up within itself and then it begins to create. And when creation creates, it takes forms. And so sometimes God would appear as a, as a male form as Shiva or Vishnu or the Buddha or one of the great sages, you know, Jesus that I would have visions of or, um, Muhammad or Moses, I mean, these amazing uh, saints, Mother Mary is another one, Um, you know, just all of these beautiful saints and sages, and then, you know, sometimes it would appear more feminine, and and, um, as I said, Mother Mary or Durga or, you know, Kuan Yin or these different qualities of, of creation, and then other times it would be a combination of like a male-female kind of energy. And then other times it again would become formless and genderless. And so, and of course, then the other experience is, is just that this silence that I'm soaking in and running and experiencing is my myself. It's me. And that is, of course, the ultimate, you know, beginning of the ultimate experience of union with the divine. And I think that's, everybody's ultimate um, birthright is to experience themselves as God, as infinity. And so all my poems kind of play with that and and talk about those kind of experiences of God being a, a male or a female or both. I have this one poem, God is all genders now woo me. And it talks about, you know, how God is like always changing forms and, and, you know, I think it's to help us from getting locked into these um, preconceived notions of the divine because the divine is infinitely fluid. And um, so that's that's part of what I teach is, you know, through my poems is just the infinity is is everything. It's all genders. And mm. yes. Mm. God is all genders. Now, Wumi, my beloved knows me well. God used her most mischievous moves to woo me. She even sent him to catch my eye. His batting eyelashes and dark skin, smelling of sandalwood, has caught my attention. Quite sexy is he, dancing in and out of her flames, beckoning me in. It's a choice to jump wholeheartedly into God's fire, and she knows I'm not without desires. For even while I'm ablaze with light, I'll dream of him running his hands across my form. Quite a magician God is, because when I leapt into the flames, intoxicating, intoxicated by my love's enchanting bod, the fire's purification became so strong, I could not remember what my human mind even wanted. And poof, fearless union in the bonfire of God realization. That's the whole story, really. When existence is seen only as God's love, no gender is left, and yet everything in this universe remains. What a lovely place to be. God revealed herself to be him. God revealed himself to be it. God revealed it to be nothing at all. Yes, I was wooed in God's sweet fire, where I realized I had unequivocally wooed myself. That that is beautiful. There's another poem that you write that that really touched me, because I, I know that God is everything, and 
all the emotions and the equally beautiful parts and the painful parts of life, allowing us the experience of experience itself. And the title of this poem is The Sore Parts. My guru once said, give me all your thorns. So knowing his grace, I threw every last one into the fire, not realizing there was quite some left on my backside and in places where the sun don't shine. Hmm, what to do? How can I rid myself of that which I do not know exists? And yet, I knew there was something amiss. So I asked my beloved to kiss all those places I could not see, to save me the anguish of plucking one off right after the other. And let me tell you, it takes quite some time. So he did. God's soft lips made each painful hidden spot so holy too. Every sore is now beaming with light. He did this so that I might not hide, not one speck of me, and I reveal it all to you, love, all the soft, sweet, juicy, delicate, pink, and tender parts, and the scars as rough, thick, and unkind as untreated leather. We all have these hidden places, love, and to him they are light, too, even the sore parts. They are God, too. Talk a little bit about that and what inspired that poem. Oh, that's one of my favorite poems. <laughs> um, you know, that poem, I think when I remember, I, I'll just speak from my own personal experience. So when I started my spiritual path, it was kind of a realization like, oh, my God, I have so far to go, <laughs> you know, and and you we sit in, I would sit in meditation and you know, you experience stress release and you begin, I think in those moments where the light starts turning on, you kind of, if before you were in a darkened room and you had no idea what furniture was in there and then suddenly somebody is turning on the dimmer and you see, oh dear, there's furniture and it's covered in dust and all of these things and you're like, oh no, I have a lot of cleaning to do. <laughs> and, <laughs> That's a good analogy. Yeah, and so it's kind of overwhelming, you know. I think almost all spiritual seekers, and even sometimes I catch myself doing this, oh, I have so far to go, you know. And then, and it's like, no, 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 just be easy with it. And, and you know, it's just that thing of, God, I cannot handle this cleaning. This is beyond my my capability. So please clean me for me. <laughs> and... So that's when I say, you know, I talk about the, you know, the plucking off of the thorns, you know, and, but really what God comes in and does rather than being like, you need to get clean is, oh no, I love all of this. And this dirt isn't so bad. And in this great loving, um, everything gets cleaned anyway. (laughs) But what's so great is, is that there's also this amazing acceptance of who you are as a person and and all of our quirks and our crabby moments and our, you know, moments where we might not be as, quote-unquote, saintly. You know, this is just a part of who we are, and there's this great acceptance of, oh, I'm a little crabby right now, or this great loving acceptance of, of who we are, and then suddenly that crabbiness is kind of hysterically funny and you're not really crabby anymore. I don't know how to describe it, but it's just like this great loving that takes place. And, and when I talk about the sore parts, 
you know, I think all great warriors have scars. And I think of all of us as great spiritual warriors in this world. You know, we're coming into this very dense world and we're trying to awaken and and we get the little beat up here and there. And so there are, quote unquote, um, I would say scars, there's roughness. And and then it's like, well, that's that's God, too. That's a part of the process. And and I'm proud of my of my battle wounds, you know, in not an egotistical way, but just this is just who I am. Scars are beautiful. You know, it's all it's all just a part of who we are. So it's just a poem about great acceptance and love, basically. Mm, prayer for stillness. Let me never be without you, God. Let me never be swallowed by the smallness of form, lost in the isolation of my mind, spinning like a top, as thoughts of unimportance fly into empty space, screaming, here, 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 never again. Let me be still, beloved. Let me dive into my heart and never return. Where did she go, they ask. I am nowhere, but I am always here. Silence does this to you. Uninvolved and motionless, melted into the pot of my soul, I sit until you, until you, God, ask me to dance. I'm, I'm certain you feel the same way, but stillness is probably my favorite place in the world, and I could live there if I let myself. But we do have to come out into the world and be here, and, 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 and life, life occurs in our movements as well. But talk about the sacredness of, of stillness and what that sacred space feels like to you. Well, for me, stillness is, you know, again, it's an experience of God. It's that experience of God in its formless state. And it's just a delicious silence beyond anything the mind could comprehend. And that is what I experience often in meditation. But then what I found is often, I mean, now after many years of, of steeping in that silence and taking that time, which I think is so important that each and every one of us recognize the importance of taking that time in stillness, um, is that that stillness follows us into activity. So suddenly you could be running a mile and feeling as still as you're feeling in meditation, or you could be, you know, picking your kids up from soccer practice and still in this deep, deep silence, although you're being very dynamic and, you know, laughing and joyful. It's it, Stillness is not something that I feel is exclusive to sitting with eyes closed. It's, a, it's the experience of the divine um, in every moment of, of our life is the potential. Who? Someone once said to me, does God exist? And I replied, do you? How can someone know what they have never touched? How can someone hold the very fabric of their hands? God lives in me. God lives in you. And 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 in you. Can you truly experience G-O-D, can you truly experience you? Oh, love, of course you can. And that's really what it is, isn't it? It's about letting yourself have the experience of you because that is the divine experiencing in, as, and through you. 
yes, that and I will experience that we really are here in your opinion to have is allow ourselves to be the best of ourselves, the most of ourselves, the greatest expanse of ourselves. Yes. I mean, each of us are so unique in our own special way. And I think it's so important to just be that in the fullest, that absolutely to the fullest and whoever we are to be that 1000%. And it's, it's living as the soul versus living as the small, like egoic mind that is often scared and things like that. Not that that ever necessarily completely goes away, but it's just that it's the, the knowledge that that is not your true identity. And um, I think that a lot of religions have, um, maybe misinterpreted, you know, the the ancient teachings and the texts. And so religion and God has become something that we put on a pedestal and and something that we have to go into a church or have a preacher or have a, you know, um, a pope to be closer to to that divinity. And all of those, um, you know, are remarkable things to have. You know, great wisdom holders are all of these um, religious leaders, but at the same time, each and every one of us can experience God a hundred thousand million percent and in a very intimate and spectacular way and um, unique to us. And so that's that's what my book tries to to kind of um, you know bring home over and over again is just you know God is ultimately us. God is an an experience and. God can be your best friend um, in the form of a, a person best friend. You can recognize them as being part of God, but also this presence that never leaves us, this inf- infinity that is always surrounding us, and it's very powerful. Lyric Benson Ferguson uncovers her soul in the pages of French Kissing God, and you have a glimpse of her different missteps, her divine love life, and her ego-obliterating epiphanies. Her hope is that you begin to see so much humanity in the journey of awakening. She wants you to love your humanity because it is so divine. You can find out more about Lyric at FrenchKissingGod.com. And again, the book is called French Kissing God, A Journey to Enlightenment. We'll be right back with Lyric Benson Ferguson. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. 1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly online publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. Engage with experts in topics of consciousness. Become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, expanding the heart, and experiencing greater aliveness. 1111 Magazine. 
Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at IamSimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. Welcome back. I do invite you to explore the brand new 1111 Magazine. The next issue is releasing on February 29th and is jam-packed with some really beautiful information wonderful authors and speakers, and a bridging of our humanity and our divinity. You can find out more about that at 1111mag.com. In addition, explore my own books, Your Journey to Love, Your Journey to Enlightenment, and Conversations with the Universe. So you can discover all about bridging the worlds that are seemingly so separate and all of the magic, synchronicity, and signs that help you to cross that bridge. In addition to other audio courses, online courses, and all of the archives of 1111 Talk Radio, my guest today is Lyric Benson Ferguson, and we are talking about her book, French Kissing God, A Journey to Enlightenment. Awakening to God is an earth-shattering adventure that begins when your heart yearns for transformation and union. When an uncontrollable bright light begins to pierce through you, love you, and wash everything away, that is keeping you from knowing the depths of your infinity, you will begin to know yourself and the truth that is your nature. Merrick Benson Ferguson's humble experience is that we never leave our humanity behind. Instead, we transform the unique animal that we are into a true expression of the soul. The human life is the hand that God takes. Once true love exists between self and God, unabashed and blazing, creation will open its heart in unimaginable ways. The angels become constant companions, and the divine beings that preside over creation reveal themselves as the truest, most caring friends. Human life becomes all that much more exhilarating. We begin to experience firsthand that creation loves us for who we are, for we are so deeply sacred and each soul, as each soul playing on earth. God becomes not just something in a church or on your altar. You have fun with the divine in all of the dirt and mud that comes with earthly living. This journey has been internal for Lyric, but it has revolutionized every drop of her external life. Challenging as life may have been, even overwhelming during times of great illness, Lyric says with confidence that it is the most rewarding adventure she's ever taken because the journey is never ending and it only keeps getting more exciting. Welcome back, Lyric. One thing that I have noticed, and it was from the time of first hearing about you with Love Light Revolution, your beautiful CD of music that takes um, spiritual music to a completely different dimension than most spiritual music I've heard before, and interviewing you on The Rebel Road for that TV segment, to now seeing your poetry that you have unveiled, that you have been writing all along, creativity has expanded and grown from you and truly become your voice and expression in the world. And that illustrates when God is truly using the being's vessel as um, a PowerPoint of light on the planet to touch so many other people. Talk about 
that explosion of creativity and how other individuals might allow themselves to open up to that rather than bottling up the essence that is waiting for them inside. That's a beautiful question. And I think for me, it never was much of a choice. You know, it's, it's almost like when you say bottling up, it's like this, if when you bottle up such energy, it'll break the bottle. <laughs> and so, you know, I think for me, um, there were those moments where the, the creativity or Shakti or whatever you would like to call it, the energy just became so strong that it needed to express. There was no choice. Um, but that being said, I think a lot of um, people often censor themselves before that expression can come into to fruition because they think, oh, they, these thoughts come in. Oh, this is inappropriate. Oh, no one would like this. Oh, it's not good enough. Oh, and I think for me as an artist, just ignore <laughs> any of those thoughts. And, and now I find them very few and, and far between if they ever come up. And it's just that thing of when you just allow the creativity to flow and you don't censor your heart. Um, because when you censor your heart, you live as the dead live. That's one of my, in one of my poems, actually. And just this thing of, um, you know, a lot of times people ask me why I named the book French Kissing God and that that might be inappropriate and, and all of these things. And, and I just laugh because this is my expression and experience of the divine, and I would not be authentic if I did not express it in this way. And so I think that it's just all of us finding our authenticity and then um, and then living and speaking from that place. So Well, I and just, I think when people find offense or get triggered by anything, it's an opportunity to see where are my limited beliefs, where have I capped off the expansiveness of which expression can happen. And we have just a couple of minutes um, before the show ends, and there were two particular poems that I wanted to read because it kind of, to me, bridges the dark and the light, the, the humanity and the divinity very, very clearly. The first one is called Wake Up Calls. Topsy-turvy in life's confusion, wandering around a great illusion, wondering why the people shout, wondering what it's all about. Is there a remedy for horror, pain, and greed? From anger, it seems, the world does feed. We're tumbling round on faulty knees, on tripped-up lines and broken creeds. Relying on what our human eyes can see is constantly rebirthing inaccuracies. Allowing our brothers' souls to bleed while feeding them wine from fucked-up trees. Here I am, a simple woman, wandering to my very core, wondering what life on earth is for. I watch the news, feeling sore, with sacks of lies and misused lore, nations founded on blood, guts, and gore, where truth falls down to a football score. A world confused and saturated with indignity. You ask, what do I see? Optimism falls far from the tree. No, this cannot be. This is a lie. This is a lie. Yes, and from this lie my heart does flee, and into God's heart I am set free, shackles broken by walking souls with sprouted wings. Listen, we know the power that our love brings. We can turn the tides of man-made illusion. We can save our minds from societal confusion. 
all persecution could end in one day if we listen to what our hearts say. When the voice of love resonates within, the veils that we see become so damn thin. Love thy neighbor, feed thy brother, cherish your mother, become the light within the night, and somehow, man, you've got it right. The second poem that I want to read is now taking form. When will I be ready for my soul? When will I look into my eyes and see me reverberating there? I am a child here. No, I am now taking form. I dance here wildly. I am on fire with awareness as a true form of me emerges, pure being ignited by this cosmic dance. I shake my head from side to side and pound my feet against the floor of God's temple. Like all other untamed souls who became before me, who knew truth, God, and self are one, I am begging you, join me here. Nothing is greater than the self. Nothing is more untamed than your infinite awareness. Nothing is more naked than you in love with God, curled up, becoming one. As we finish out this show, Lyric, I want to thank you for being here, and I want to just say if there's anything else that you want to share as your own French kiss to humanity, what would that be? Oh, just love, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the the greatest thing that we can all do is just be kind to one another and, and do our best to transform ourselves into greater wholeness and not worry too much about the world until we ourselves are, are more whole. So Beautiful. Thank you so much for being with me on 1111 Talk Radio. Again, you can find her book on Amazon, and it is entitled French Kissing God. Find out more about Lyric at her website, FrenchKissingGod.com. And enjoy diving into the romance that you are. In love, of love, with love, and as love, I am Simran. Be well. Thank you for opening your mind to a new reality, your heart to greater compassion, and your experience of aliveness with 1111 Talk Radio. Join host Simron next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern Time to step through the gateway of conscious living here on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Remember, you are not on the journey. You are the journey.